All right. Last week, we we're looking at Acts chapter 5. Quite a difficult passage. And as we went through it, we just realized the reality of God. And as we look through the whole story of Ananias and Sapphira and continuing on how the apostles were persecuted and how God performed signs and wonders and just really the awe of God, of how incredible God is and how other God is from us and how we want to have a God perspective when it comes to living our lives as Christians, that we don't want to be humanistic, that we have a human, only a human perspective where we put ourselves as God, but we want God's perspective. And we saw as the church continued to grow, um, that's what took place. And this, this, today, and this morning, we're going to take a look at Acts chapter 6, and really it's responding to this growth. And so let's just read, uh, beginning at verse 1, picking it up. So remember, we had some persecution, they, the apostles were beaten, they got out and they rejoiced, and it says they just went, again, from house to house, and everywhere they went, they continued to preach and teach about Jesus, about the kingdom of God. And this is where we pick it up. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, I think it is, something like that, and Nicholas of Antioch, who was a former convert to Judaism. And these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So let's just do a bit of an introduction here, just to explain sort of the context. Then we're going to take a look at how some of these things apply to our local church, to our lives as well. And as we saw in verse 1, in these days the disciples were increasing numbers, so that's great that there's growth, but a complaint came up. And we realize that with growth comes new problems. And so we can look at the book of Acts, and this is why we have to really make sure we don't just kind of speed read through Acts, because it can be so exciting to read all the good things that are taking place in Acts and people are being saved and people are being healed and set free. And we're like, oh man, if we could only have a church like that. And we're like, yes. And as we saw last week, we're all going for that, but we better be ready for all the things that come with it. And as we saw last week, there comes an awe of God that we have to realize God is holy. And so as much as we enjoy the grace of God, and that's what makes God's grace incredible, we realize that we serve and we worship an all-consuming fire. We, a holy God. And we realize with new growth, people, all that, guess what? For as many new people, you're going to get as many new problems. And so we have to be realistic when we come to reading the book of Acts. And right away, growth, growth, persecution, problems, everything. So there's new growth, new problems. This one involves spiritual issues because now the apostles were so busy that now it was affecting their prayer life and the whole thing of teaching and having sound doctrine. There were practical issues. There's a whole administration problem here, is that we need to get structure and best practices and all these things working together. There are cultural issues here. So we have the Hellenists who were Greek Jews. So as you read a bit of uh, Jewish history, you realize throughout the ages, the Jews are persecuted and they disperse everywhere. And so this group of Jews were Greek-speaking Jews. They lived outside of Palestine. 
And there's cultural things. There's a language problem. So many commentators say that, you know, the apostles didn't mean to leave out the widows and all that, but there's probably, they spoke different languages. Okay? There's cultural things. They not only spoke Greek, they included more of the Greek practices into their life. So you've got a lot of cultural things going on when you've got former uh, Jews becoming Christians, so they have a whole bunch of stuff they've got to relearn. And then you've got Greeks who are still Jewish, but they're Greek, and they're becoming Christians, and we're putting them all together. And there's a lot of issues. There's minority issues, all that. Very much like today in our churches. We have people coming from different backgrounds, different languages, different cultures, and we're one new man in Christ, but there's a lot of things that we've got to get sorted out. So there was cultural issues as well. And the apostles were aware of this. The church is getting started. It's sort of still in its infancy. And they've come up against three major things that would seek to basically destroy the church that we have to be aware of all the time. One is persecution. So physical force. As we saw, as soon as they got started and Peter was preaching, they got put in jail. And then later on, all the apostles got put in jail. They were beaten. Persecution. Okay, no one dared join them, yet more and more people got saved. We talked about that last week. There was also sort of a whole corruption issue. Ananias and Sapphira from within. So there's persecution from without. There's persecution from within. The integrity of the church is at stake. And so with Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit. They were about whatever their motives were and all of that. And God, who knows our hearts, okay, stopped it right at the beginning. So there's a whole corruption part. And now we get into a whole other one. And this one's a huge one, isn't it? It's just our busyness, even with good things. And so there's a whole part of them getting distracted from what they were called to do. Not that serving the poor and all that is a distraction. We're going to get into it. It's what the apostles were called to do. And folks in our lives, whether it's us as elders or whatever role you are in church, just in your own personal life, we can get so busy and so distracted. Okay, We might not be persecuted. We might not be corrupted. But we can be so distracted from what God has called us to do that we miss out on what God wants us to do. And that's all in this you know, seven verses. And we're going to look at today a couple of the solutions for some of these problems and how that applies to our lives today, both individually and hopefully, hopefully you'll understand more about our local church as well. So let's pray as we dive into these things. Let's ask for God's help. He'll speak and that we'll have hearts that are open to receive as well. So Father in heaven, again, we just thank you that we get to gather here in Canada freely in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you're here now by your Holy Spirit. Thank you that we know your presence as we worship you and that you're speaking to us as we respond to you. And now as we teach from, preach from your word, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, the spirit of truth, you would teach us and lead us into all truth and that we'd open our hearts and our minds to not only hear truth, but put it into action. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the first thing we want to take a look at is the priority of prayer and God's word. So this is the thing with change. With, cha- with growth, some things need to change. And that's what we're going to get to the second part. But some, some things, even with growth, can't change. And this is the tension we always live in, is with growth, what things need to change? You know what? We used to do that because we were that size, but now we're this size. We can't do that anymore. And what things, no matter what size we get or how many growth things are going on, these are non-negotiables, that these always have to be there. And that's a, a real fine line to walk sometimes. And the apostles are very clear, these two things are non-negotiable. These two 
our priorities, that no matter how much is going on, even good things, you know, you think, well, people being saved, signs and wonders, all these things helping the poor, what good things. But even in the busyness of all that good, they were very clear, we're called to do these things. We're called to pray together, and we're called to minister God's word. And no matter how many good things are going around, these are fundamental things that have to be in there. And so we realize in our busy lives, as elders, as just Christians in the church, and I think you could probably say this in your lives as well, as our lives get busy, no matter what it is, with work, kids, everything else, probably the number one thing that gets pushed to the side is this one, is prayer. It's the easiest one to get pushed out. I just don't have time to pray. So we can sympathize with the apostles, can't we? No matter what state kind of we're at, okay, prayer always seems to get pushed to the side. And folks, we have to fight really hard. And it's a battle to keep prayer vital, absolute, non-negotiable of church life. And we're only in Acts chapter 6, so we're only in okay, six chapters in the book, and we see this about prayer. The apostles, the disciples, they started with prayer. Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, go wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And what do we find them? We find them together. What are they doing? They're praying. So Pentecost, Jesus promised it, but the apostles, the disciples prayed it in. If you can follow that great tension in the sovereignty of God. They knew the Holy Spirit was coming, but they didn't know when. Well, we better do our job. We know this. We're going to get our heads down. We're going to pray. And we read Acts chapter 1. They were together, one accord. They were praying. And then Acts chapter 2 happens. Boom, the Holy Spirit comes. Peter gets up and preaches about Jesus. And we see 3,000 saved. And in chapter 2, what happens? First thing they do is they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They modeled prayer. Okay, They started with prayer. They modeled prayer. And then what happens? They get persecuted. Don't you dare speak the name of Jesus. Don't even mention that name. What do they gather? John Lennon did it a few weeks ago. They gathered together. What did they do? They prayed together. Oh, sovereign Lord. Who are these people? You know, you're sovereign. You're doing it. Now give us boldness. Stretch forth your hand with signs and wonders. And we just read last week that prayer was answered. Folks, prayer is vital. And it's modeled for us in the book of Acts. Right from the beginning, everything starts with prayer. Everything, when we new Christians, we got a model to them that prayer is vital. And we continue in prayer. And that's why we make prayer a priority in our church. So every Sunday night, we've made the commitment. Okay? And again, we say, we don't expect all of you there every week. But try to come out once in a while. <laughs> it's really important. And more and more, we're seeing what God speak to us at our prayer meetings. So direction of the church is getting shaped at prayer meetings. People's lives are being changed even at prayer. Okay? We're praying into tonight. We're going to be praying for our life groups reaching out this summer things like that, okay? We're praying for things in our church. And if you want to learn how to pray, because prayer is what? It's communicating with God. It's being with God. It's understanding God's will, God's heart, all that. It's great to be with other people and we get to learn together. And you need prayer in your own individual life. You need prayer in your life groups as you meet together, your fit groups, and corporately together. It's absolutely vital, okay? So it's a battle. We've got to fight for prayer, that we continue to seek God. And before I go on to God's word, folks, just from a very logical, practical point of view, and this one always gets me, okay? The church 
if you think about it, is the only organism, entity, whatever phrase you want to use, okay, that makes, that's prayer is one of the things that makes us different from every other organization on planet Earth. Okay? So you can have an organization, you can have business meetings, you can have focus groups, you can have strategy sessions, and all those things are important. Okay? But we get to pray. We get to do that in prayer. And if we really believe God hears us and that God's alive and that God's, that prayer is important, we'll do it. Okay? I was reading on a thing this week, and it was interesting because I was reading this thing about people finding new churches when they move and all that, and they said this, don't look at what it says on about their mission statement or their values on prayer, look at what they actually do. <laughs> so go for a month, you might have all the great things which we need all our, but what do they actually do? And that's a convicting thing about prayer. We can, well, we can say it, we, it's a pat answer, yes, we value prayer, are we actually about prayer? And again, it's not a duty. I had to laugh. How funny are those guys who mocked us as elders? That was hilarious. If you guys saw that on YouTube, you know, we don't have to pray. We get to prayer. So prayer is absolutely vital. God's word is vital. Now, some of these, we shouldn't even have to say these things. But this is what happens when we get busy is that we can lose prayer in our life. What can we also lose? We can just lose Reading God's word. It seems like the two things that go the quickest, that are the most important, are we stop praying and we stop reading God's word. And again, it's not out of duty. It's out of what John was just saying. Hey, it's life. This is like, if you go without food for a long time or without water, guess what? You're going to feel the effects. And spiritually, we're not feeding ourselves in prayer with the word of God. We're starving. God's word is vital. And it's not just God's word for the sake of our own personal devotion which is really important what the apostles were about they realized the importance of preaching god's word of teaching god's word of ministering god's word so it's not just memorizing it for my own sake there's a whole aspect of the importance of god's word being taught explained preached paul said it in romans you know how do people get saved they get saved through hearing the word of god being taught and explained it's really important and folks in a lot of our churches today preaching has gone out the window it's passe it's old no one will sit and listen to people anymore teach you know for 15 minutes let alone 45 or an hour so it's culturally it worked back then it doesn't work today so we'll tell a story we'll show a video whatever it is to get replaced we'll just share amongst ourselves folks all those things aren't evil or bad but we're making a priority that teaching and preaching the word of God is really important. That's why we're here this morning. That's why in our life groups, we talk about what was taught on Sunday. How does that apply to our lives? How can we sharpen one another? How can we understand and wrestle these things together? It's really important. And the Bible talks about, if you're a teacher of God's word, guess what? You're in double accountability to God. That's why we don't have many teachers. Okay? It's a very solemn thing. And the apostles knew that. And it's like, man, if we get busy doing all these other things and we don't devote, devote ourselves to correctly handling the word of God, we're all in trouble. Because if the doctrine gets messes up, then all the other things get messed up with it. So it's really important that we preach, correctly handle. Paul talked about all life. Watch your life and doctrine closely. 
It's really, really important. And it's important for you guys to take ownership of the word of God in your own lives. Again, you just don't swallow hook, line, sinker, everything we say. You've got to wrestle with it. You know what? Last week's teaching was tough. It's good. You should be wrestling with it. You know, I don't know if I agree with Joe on that point, but, you know, I'm working through it. And he brought stuff out I never thought about before. But, boy, oh, you know, you should be wrestling with it. Okay? Okay? So we're not just feeding you and your robots and you take in everything we say. Okay? We're trying to hear from God. We're trying to feed you, mold you, disciple you, correctly handle the word of God. You've got to make it a priority that if you're reading the word of God and God's speaking to you together, we learn together. It's really important. And we need the Holy Spirit in both of these. He is the missing link. If you try to pray without the Holy Spirit, okay, you will get bored, you will give up. Because it's hard, sometimes it's hard work. And a lot of times with prayer, how many times have we said, you've got to enter in the flesh, okay? It's like going to aerobics class or weightlifting. You know what? I don't really feel like going, but I'm going to make the decision to go. And when I get done my workout, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad. I'm so pumped. I'm so glad I went. Prayer meeting, a lot of times it's like that, to be honest with you. Okay? Seven o'clock, you're like, after supper, you're just like, oh man. 7.30's coming. Tags tonight, you know. It's a battle. Okay? And again, I'm not saying dogmatically, you've got to be there every Sunday night and we check who's there and who. Okay? It's not like that. Okay? I'm just saying, at some point, we've got to make a decision. Once a month, I'm going to be there. Twice a month, I'm going to be there. Okay? We're going to take turns, my spouse and I, we're going to be there. We're going to get a babysitter, part of our date night. We're going to prayer, and then we're going out for coffee afterwards. And when I get there, sometimes it's like, oh, man. But boy, by the end, we've met with the living God. We know our prayers have been heard. We've discharged something. You, you do a workout afterwards, and there's something that you've, it's cathartic almost. You feel like, okay, I've, there's a release to it. It's like that with prayer. Okay, you get to pray with God. And some prayers are like Thanksgiving, and it's worship, and everything. But sometimes it's like, God, we're asking you, fulfill your promise, fulfill your word. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us. The Holy Spirit takes those groans says in Romans 8 that we can't even express to God. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And if we try to read the Word of God without the Holy Spirit, then, whew, it's the granola without the milk, isn't it? I mean, it's like your jaw gets tired out in a hurry. Okay? You can read it, and you can go through it, and man, I'm just reading it, but man, and then you can check it off and say, well, I've read my five chapters today. Whew, I got that done. Now I feel like, okay, God and I are good because I did my duty. Ah. That's not it. The Holy Spirit, He's our helper, our teacher. He reveals. He speaks to us today. He illuminates. So prayer and reading God's Word without the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. But the Holy Spirit is our helper, our teacher. And they go together. So again, a lot of our times, we can, you can tell who, who's reading the Word in their prayers. Okay? Because you can't help but read the Word and not come out in your prayers. I cheat all the time. How many times have I told you that? Okay? Most of my prayers, I cheat. I get them from the Bible. Okay? Paul's prayers, I just insert my situation into it. Okay? David's prayers, I insert myself into it. And that gets me started, launches me out. We do the same here, don't we? We, read, we sing other people's songs, and then we sing a new song. Okay? We pray other people's prayers that gets us to our own prayers. The Holy Spirit is involved in both. Whew, time's rolling, isn't it? Holy cow. All right. That's great stuff, eh? I mean, how can you not go on and on about God's word and prayer? Wow. All right.
Another thing that's vital, so we've got prayer, God's Word, absolutely vital, is this, the necessity of understanding callings and giftings in church life. And we read this, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. And then we read verse 6, These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Folks, this is really, really, really important. We are all called to ministry. And we, in the Western world, have done just a terrible thing when we say this. And I cringe, because I understand it, so don't get me wrong, but I cringe every time people say, you know, I'm telling you, what do you do? I'm a pastor of a church, I help lead a church. When were you called into the ministry? Oh, oh. I was called into the ministry when I was saved and born again. That should be every one of our answers. Ministry means this. It means service. So I might be called to minister in a sort of a pastor way. Every one of you is called to be a minister. So Marcel, you're a minister. You know, CEO of a company, kingdom values, kingdom principles. Marcel's a minister of God. When did he enter the ministry? When he was saved. And he gets to use his gifts and talents in an influential way. That's ministry. We're all called into ministry. Ollie Physio. How many people does Ollie meet? In a week or a month, people coming through left, right, and center. He's a minister. He's an ambassador of Christ wherever he goes. And I could go for every one of you, okay? Jill at home, okay, with your kids. You're a minister. That's your calling at the moment. You're to minister. You're putting foundational truth in your kids. That's the most important job on planet Earth right there. Every one of you. Gary is principal middle school. I can go through every one of you. No one's excluded If you're a Christian, you are in the ministry. Isn't that great? So when did you enter the ministry? When I was saved. I'm following Jesus. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. He's our model. He's our example. Folks, we've got to get that. Okay, In our theology, it's called the priesthood of all believers. We believe that everybody has a part to play. And I just love... We're talking about it on the weekend with Adam and Kim Jay. On our church weekend, that picture John Gross had about the saw blade, about how powerful that is and how every you know, little edge on the blade is important and that we all need to be sharpened, that we're working together, we can do more together than ever apart. That's the church, folks. That's us. Every one of us is on that big saw, the church, corporate. But every one of you is important to be sharpened, to be in its spot, to be there, to be present. And you start taking the teeth off the saw, guess what? It doesn't function very well. We're all called to minister. We're all called into the ministry. And it's really, 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 really important that you believe that and understand that. It's absolutely vital. That's the starting point. All hands on deck. We need everybody. Different gifts, different callings. And that's what we get into the next thing. We're all in it together, but we all have different callings. We all have different gifts. So the apostles weren't being arrogant and being, we're, su- we're superior, we do the teaching, and the minute, you know, waiting on tables is a lower thing. Okay, don't, don't misread that. That's not what they're saying at all. We're all called to minister. The apostles knew our calling and our primary role is this. We need to pray together and we need to teach the word. So it wasn't like they were getting distracted by menial things. They were getting distracted from their calling. 
And folks, there's all kinds of callings in church life. There's leadership callings, okay? There's, and there's different gifts, and they go together. The calling's this. We call it, okay, it's the word vocation. That's where we get the word vocation. So I always use the word vocation instead of job. What's your job? That's such a, hmm, what's your vocation? That's different. What's your calling? And Gary says all the time, you know, I feel called to be an administrator in a school, and I feel called to be an elder in a church. They're not separate things. I mean, obviously, they're practical things. Okay? But he doesn't have to give up one to do the other. Okay? How many of us are able to say, you know what, I feel called to be able to do this? Peter, it was great. We were at Peter's retirement thing last week, and Peter, I so proud of you because in front of all your colleagues and everything you say you know what I feel god called me to be a teacher and to be administrator i feel god put me on this path and i was like right on that's his ministry that's part of his not just in the church it's part of his vocation it's not just his job it's his vocation okay and congratulations on your vocation ending in that part of it <laughs> and don't worry peter we got lots free to do so uh, we got, <laughs> We'll fill in that vocation, all right? It's great. I'll brag on Peter. I mean, it was great. What things came up? Peter cared, man of integrity, all that. I was just like, what a witness. Okay? That is awesome. It's not just in church. It's the whole thing. It's a question of calling and gifting. Folks, there's different roles, different functions, but we're equal in them. Okay? So the apostles didn't think they were higher than the guys they picked. It was just a different calling. They're equal in Christ. And we have that in church life all the time. We're equal in Christ. Hey, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We've bought the same price, the same Redeemer, same Holy Spirit fills us. But there's different roles in the church. Jesus is the head of his church. He's given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to build up the church, to bring it to maturity. He's called some to be elders, some to be deacons, all kinds of different Things. You've given some people gifts of leadership, gifts of teaching, gifts of helps, gifts of service, gifts of administration, gifts of healing, gifts of tongues, interpretation. Okay? We need them all. And some are more public and some are more behind the scenes. In God's eyes, they're equal. And we get that into our, we're such a status-driven society. What's our title? Okay? Folks, that's not what the church is about every one of us is a minister before God. Every one of us is a servant of Jesus Christ. Every one of us is important to God. And our gifts are important. They're given by the Holy Spirit. We can't argue with him. He's a good giver of gifts. But we have different roles, different functions. And we have to be comfortable in what God's called us to be. And the great thing is, as you can see, the pastoral, for lack of a better term, and the practical don't have to be at odds or better or worse, get this, they both serve God's people and they both need it, spirit-filled people. I love that verse, right? Okay, who's going to help wait on tables? We need people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with faith. So folks, no matter what you're doing, God needs you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with faith and to be in good repute, men and women. That's, that's the most important thing. The apostles served God and the people by praying okay, together, ministering God's word, and 
we're going to get into whether or not these are the first deacons or not, because the word for serving there is the same one you get the word deacon, which we'll talk about later on in the book of Acts. Pastoral, okay, we're helping people, we're praying for people, we're all that, and serving. We need a drive for the sandwich run on Sunday afternoon. We need people to make sandwiches. One isn't high and one's menial low. It's not like that. Kelly could have said, we need drivers who are full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Because as you drive around, you might get to pray for people. Okay? You might get to lay hands on people who are sick and pray for them to be made well. You might get to share Jesus with people. You might cast out some demons along the way. Okay? Now, don't, don't, don't get fearful driving. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you've been on the sandwich run, all those things happen. Okay? Saying, in our status-filled society, we have to, we're equal before God. We have different roles and different functions. We have different gifts. Okay? Those are the gift of service, again, who are working behind the scenes are just as important for those of us who are up front more often in God's eyes. And we need everybody. Okay? And they both serve God's people. And they both need to be spirit-filled people. Okay? It's a hard one because so many things from church, okay, our, our society is, what are your qualifications, all these things, and it's hard because sometimes those things somewhat apply in church life, but a lot of times they don't. What's your character? What's your gifts and talents, abilities? What's your callings? Okay, we'll start with character first, and we'll go from there. Both very important. All right, just to finish up because our time's going. How does this apply to the mean place? Well, I've already said it, okay? Is that prayer, God's word, preaching, teaching, recognizing roles, all that is a priority even as our church grows both in our individual life and our church life those should be hopefully priorities for you as well that you're understanding you take responsibility i get to pray with god i get to be in the prayer closet with by myself with god understanding who god is understanding his heart learning how to pray how to grow in prayer and we get to do that corporately i'm reading god's word i'm understanding other people are helping me i'm getting started okay i've been reading the word for 30 years great keep going ask god reveal even more to me take me even deeper so I can minister it to others, okay? Preaching and teaching is important. Okay? That's why we're here this morning. We'll, we'll be Sunday after Sunday, have our context that looks. And in your life groups, I encourage you, really wrestle, okay? Just don't answer the questions that are given. Yes, no, okay, yeah, we did that. When's worship going to start? Ah, that's not the heart of what we're going for. You've got to wrestle together and say, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I don't pray. I'm being honest. Help me. That's what you should be doing in a life group. Prayer is a priority. My prayer life sucks, okay? Can somebody please help me? How do you pray? Okay? I've never read God's Word. I don't know how to do it. Okay? Help me. Can you teach me some things? Can Let's wrestle through it together. Okay, let's... Okay, life group together. There's 12 of us in one week's time. Can we commit to next Tuesday night when we meet together, we're going to ask each other, how did our prayer time go this week? Did we feel God answered anything? Let's take a journal. Let's see what God's teaching us in the Bible. Let's come back together. Okay? That's what you should be doing in life group. It's life together if you're just answering the questions because you're like well i think that's what we're supposed to do okay we're sorry we failed to communicate that adequately your life together it should be a priority in those things one thing as kelly mentioned with our one of our ministries is uh street level and she talked about it mainly our monday night drop-in and our sandwich run and uh, I get to share this this morning because Pete's not here because he's getting too embarrassed. So it worked out well because he's in Toronto with Donna. 
And so we just wanted to share with our church family. As you know, Pete's been really the main guy along with Kelly for like the last, uh, whatever, 12, 14 years in this ministry. And at the end of June, Pete's going to step down from leading um, street level. He's 72, 73, 74, holy cow. <laughs> it's about time I think we pass the torch along for his own health and just have time with Donna and all of that. He's stepping down, which leaves a big hole and a lot of shoes, big shoes to fill. We can't fill them, okay? Pete, I just, you know, he was called by God, heart for it, gifting, gift of mercy, all of that stuff. Okay, we're probably not going to replace Pete. We're going to thank him, and you'll get to do that uh, later on over the next few weeks. But just say, we have a need now, don't we? And so we're wrestling through with Kelly, you know. We just don't appoint someone to take his place. We're looking for who's feeling called, who has the gifting, teamwork together. And probably we're going to need maybe two or three or five people to replace all of what Pete was doing. But that's what we're going to be at prayer tonight. As part of praying for our life groups in the summer, we're going to be praying for street level and saying, God, would you show, to, show us we need some more leaders. We need, who are you calling? Who's gifted? Who can we have to come along? Because if we don't, guess what? Things, we've got to stop them. Okay? And that's, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying if people don't feel called and are gifted and we don't have them, we're not going to continue a ministry just because even it's a good thing because if we don't have the people, we'll burn out and we'll all hate it and it will be dead works. So God's got to raise up people, and we just need to present that request before God. And we're going to help get around Kelly and others who are serving and say, God, show us the way forward. Okay? That's a great thing. We're going to see how God's going to do that. All right? So that's one of the things we get to do. And we need to keep focused. This is the great result. They dealt with persecution. They dealt with corruption. They dealt with distraction. And we read what happened. The word of God increased and grew that the disciples grew there were many more disciples even those jewish priests and that became obedient to the faith and that's our heart folks we need as we preach the word of god as we pray together as we see people saved we need to always be okay you know what my kids are growing up guess what it's great i love it but man does it ever cause a lot of change over and over again i gotta get buy new clothes for them we need to get they outgrew this and that used to work in discipline but that doesn't work anymore so now i just was starting to get things figured out with discipline and now i got to come up with a whole new thing because mike is almost nine and he's not five anymore and it's just like oh i just was starting to get a hang of it and then it all changed again you know what church life is like that isn't it okay we're just getting everything we just got everything and then it's like oh great now we got new problems okay now we're gonna have to move again and where are we gonna say and you know last sunday like we were what 220 and a 300 seat and looked it looked a lot fuller than 220, or it's like, holy cow, what do we do now? And holy cow, we don't have that. And we don't, no money for this. And who's going to do that? And you're just like, growth provides change. And we need to seek God to say, okay, God, what never changes, no matter how much we grow? And what things do we need to change? And over the next couple months, there's things we have to change. So we're going to give more teaching on eldership and what that means. We're going to give more teaching on deacons and what does that mean? There's infrastructure, there's best practices, there's all these things that work together with prayer and teaching God's word. They're not opposed to each other. The pastoral and the practical can both be spirit-filled and faith-filled. And over the next few months, we've got to teach into that. These things aren't changing, and these things we need to change because we're growing out of our clothes. Okay? We need some new clothes. So that's why Book of Acts is great. As we continue through, we're going to learn more, and we're going to be able to know these things are non-negotiable, in our lives and in this church, 
and these things, boy, if we don't change, we're in big trouble. We're going to have a lot of complaining going on. Okay? We don't want that. All right? So let's stand as we times come to an end. We want to pray into these things. As our time's gone, Gary, I think I'll just close, okay? That's... All right, so let's just before God for a minute. Again, if you're a guest here, this is a bit of a different message because it's more of a teaching message. Last week we had more of a preaching message, declaring who Jesus is and everything. More Today is more of a teaching thing for how church is and things for us as a Christian. So that's all right. That's why it's great to come more than once because you get a whole variety of things. But we're going to pray into our local church and for us who are Christians here that we just want to pray into just a new, in a sense, God-inspired determination to pray, to be about God's word, but also, and we have to keep going over and over it again. Okay, God, where do I fit? What are you calling me to do? What are my gifts? Help me in that so that I can be a part of the church that you're growing and building. Okay, can you join me to lead us in a prayer for that? Let's pray then. So, Father in heaven, again, we just want to thank you. You're the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, and we thank you that you're relational. You desire a relationship with us, even though we don't deserve it. And we thank you again for your son, Jesus, who made it all possible, as we've already heard from all the scriptures read this morning. You're the payment. You're the, our propitiation. That the wrath of God was satisfied in you to pay the price of sin so that we can have access to you. And we thank you that you've filled us with your Holy Spirit. That you've put us in this church, Lord. We thank you for the gift of your church, Lord. And we pray, God, as we walk these things out, as we learn from the New Testament, in our day and in our time, God, we would really be determined about these non-negotiables of praying together, feeding on your word, of being able to correctly handle the word of God, to preach and to teach and to make disciples of all nations. And God, I pray, Lord, you would help us to understand our callings, God, our gifts, how they fit together. God, that we're all in this together, that we're equal in your eyes, but we have different roles and different functions, but we need everybody playing their part that Jesus, you're made known and your church is glorified for your sake. God, would you help us in these things? Would you help us, Lord, as elders? Lord, would you help us as ministry leaders, life group leaders, those, all these different roles as we try to lead and hear your voice, Lord, as we try to adapt to change? God, would you help us? Would you give us grace, Lord, in these things? And God, I just pray, Lord, for people here today who might feel on the outside, who left out, God, I pray, Lord, would you do something in them? Would you speak to them as they pray and as they read your word to know, God, they fit? Lord, would you help us to work those things together? God, we thank you, Lord. As Jill's already prayed out, you have great patience with us. God, I pray you'd give us great patience with one another. God, sometimes it takes longer than we ever planned, Lord, to get some of these things sorted out. God, give us grace in these things, Lord, to be a witness and example. Lord, help us, God, as we get... Lord, believing you want to plant other churches from us, Lord, help us, Lord, to model things right so that, Lord, we can replicate and that, Lord, we can bring help everywhere we go. We pray in Jesus' name to your glory. Amen.